from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Touchdown, Sammy Watkins! I did not think that was going to be the lead today, folks, but welcome back. The Chiefs started week one and got their first win of the season. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. I'm here with Chris Clark from Chiefs Digest, and I am Ryan Tracy of RGR Football on YouTube, Rogue Analytics, and this podcast. If you're new to us, and I know a lot of you are recently, welcome to the show. We are going to be doing this. Uh, we're roughly 20 minutes, half an hour past uh, past the conclusion of the game. And the story of the day today is that Sammy Watkins has returned in full force, bigger force, like universal, you know, truth force. I don't know. Sammy Watkins had a monster game. Uh, and what a game to have a monster game with Tyree Kill going out in the first quarter. Uh, but Watkins, what, nine catches for 198 yards and three touchdowns? Right. Uh, incredible. Uh, and I, and I'll say this, my big takeaway from the offense and Sammy in particular was not just that they definitely had plays that they had developed for him, but that he looks like the old Sammy Watkins from his first two years in the league with the acceleration, the ability to make not, not drastic cuts like we saw from LaShawn McCoy. We'll talk about him, uh, later in, in the show, but just the little things that make people miss and honestly made, uh, what a lot of people taunt as a, as a very impressive secondary in Jacksonville look very mediocre. Absolutely looked very mediocre. Uh, and I got to give credit where credit is due. Demarcus Robinson had a fantastic block on Watkins' first long touchdown play. Uh, blown coverage on second, on Watkins' second touchdown and a fantastic move by him and uh, ability to get open when Patrick Mahomes was looking for him on his third touchdown against Jalen Ramsey, who's one of the best corners in the NFL. At least Jalen Ramsey will tell you that because he didn't look like one of them today. Tyreek Hill That's was getting fair. better of him early. Tyreek Hill went out with an injured uh, clavicle, folks. We don't have any definitive news on that yet. But on a day when he got a couple of passes and he was eating up on Jalen Ramsey and then goes out, Sammy was able to just step up and take over. And normally I would say on a game where Tyreek Hill goes out, you know, the offense is going to slow. And it, you can see that it kind of like, I don't know, hiccuped maybe. But Sammy Watkins made up the difference, and I think that that's something that we're going to see going forward here for the next few weeks. Absolutely. I think Sammy Watkins is going to be a difference maker on this team. And it's funny because Jacksonville didn't seem very worried about him uh, in the pre or in the play up into this game, and he just destroyed them. Uh, and that was without Hill being on the field for most of the game. Watkins went off for, what, 151 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, and, and and again, if this is what happens, and this is what we talked about a lot through the offseason, if uh, all the off-the-field stuff had prevented Tyreek Hill from playing, is that they had to have Sammy and they had to have Michael Hardman step up. And, and clearly, today was Sammy's day, and he did just that. He absolutely did. And as our friend Therese Paler would say, the contract year is undefeated, and, and people will say this is in his contract year. But it really is. He knows he's not getting that third year in Kansas City, I can't imagine, or at least not at the current amount. Yeah, I would think a renegotiation, an extension of some kind is likely in the future after what we saw Hill get uh, after we went uh, through the Friday podcast. And, folks, we gave you a bonus episode if you missed it in the feed. Uh, you can go back and check that out, our reaction to the, the Hill contract coming. Uh, at the same time, I thought Mahomes looked crisp. I thought he got a little bit ahead of himself, um, a little overexcited, but nothing 
like we saw him being overhyped for games last season. So clearly there's been a maturation process there. Absolutely. And his missed touchdown pass to Kelsey, it looked like he tried to do too much and try to do a no-look pass. But when you start watching separate replays, it shows that he was trying to throw over a defender and just couldn't get the loft on the ball he needed for it to drop down in. Uh, I'm not saying that he should have not done the look out, the look away, but, uh, that I don't think that pass play is, is really on him because I don't think there's any way it could have been completed. The drop was just too drastic. Yeah, I'll tell you when I see the L22, because even with that defender, I still feel like if he just had been straightforward, I, I think that there's something that could have been done there. Anyway, it's a small detail in a big game that saw him get rolled up. Uh, Andy Reid reported after the game that it is a sprained ankle for Pat Mahomes, but he got it spatted, uh, retaped, and was able to con- contribute to the rest of the game, uh, throw another touchdown. Um, just didn't look very athletic doing it. He looked... Like he was moving pretty gingerly on that, and so there's going to be some follow-up there, but clearly not having to leave that game, he should be fine for next week. Yeah, you would think he would have to be fine for next week, and I guess he's probably going to take a, a couple less snaps. Matt War will probably get more snaps in practice this week, uh, but you would think that Pat Mahomes will be ready to go and ready to go against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, 375 yards, 378 yards in this game against the Jacksonville defense, who was one of the best in the NFL last year didn't allow more than 19 points at their home stadium, and they gave up 40 opening week to Kansas City. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Chiefs came out, and they had some balance. We'll talk about that coming up. When we get back, we're going to go over the other contributors on offense and take a look at the newfangled defense and what Steve Spagnuolo brought. Long day at work, or are you still stuck in the office? Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first $15 order when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code Locked On. I want to tell you about Vivid Seats, the online event ticket marketplace that's dedicated to fans of live entertainment and sports. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams or artists perform in person. Earning credit back on all purchases made through Vivid Seats via the app Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. They can help you find those club-level seats at Arrowhead that you've been looking at. Or find a concert anywhere around town, maybe see a theater show. And great prices aren't the only thing. They have an internal, in-app-only loyalty program called Vivid Seats Rewards. And with these rewards, ranging from an MVP to a Hall of Famer, customers can earn up to 10 to 16% credit on all their purchases through the app for the month of August. Just go to your favorite app store and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. All Vivid Seats are confirmed orders and are backed by 100% guarantee. And best of all for our listeners, if you enter our promo code KICKOFF at checkout, you can receive a discount of up to $100. That's kickoff when you check out in the Vivid Seats app. So clearly this is a day for the offense, so we'll continue there. Uh, I was happy to see that it was about a 60-40 split in run versus uh, pass. They needed to do that to protect Mahomes late in the second half. And the interesting thing to me, and I said when they signed Shady, that I thought he still had some shape, but I, I wasn't sure he was as explosive because I looked at the film from earlier this preseason in Buffalo. And, man, I was wrong, or he was tired in Jacksonville, or he just is much more comfortable in the zone scheme that Andy Reid runs because Shady took off for one nice long run where he looked very, very quick. Um, Definitely still has his shake on on all the runs that I saw, uh, but had the explosion there a couple of times too. 
He absolutely did. He looked a lot better than I expected, and uh, I will admit when I'm wrong, it sure looks like he's going to bring something to this offense that this offense didn't have. Uh, you know, what, 10 runs for 80 or 60-some yards? Uh, 81. 8.1. 81. Okay, there you go. 81 yards, and then you're looking at Damian Williams, who had eight runs for nine yards. Um, now, obviously, play calling is some of that, uh, and you're going up against one of the best defenses in the NFL in Jacksonville, especially against the run. Uh, and that does need to be taken into account when you also look at how many times Pat Mahomes actually did get hit in this game. Um, you're not going to face a defensive line like this very often. So, Absolutely, and I will say this too. Uh, Damien finished 13 carries for 26 yards. Um, not the greatest line, but, you know, like they came out, they ran him the play after McCoy's big run uh, where they all knew they were trying to protect Mahomes, and so – Jacksonville jumped it. I, I think the play calling or, or the situation, I think, affected that some. Uh, Williams did get more carries on the day and did have more yards, uh, receiving. So I, I don't think that we should, you know, try to diminish, uh, Damian Williams' day just because of the way that it went. No, I definitely agree with that. So we will see where that lines up. And, and, you know, you look at the offensive line. I thought the offensive line played pretty well. They got downfield on several runs. They got downfield on screens. Uh, they blocked well for Mahomes for the most part. You know, I don't think he got sacked. He did get hit. He did get hurried. But that's going to happen in, in the NFL, and, and hopefully he's able to protect himself a little bit better next week uh, against an Oakland Raiders team that doesn't have near the pass rush that this Jacksonville Jaguars team has. Absolutely. Uh, Wildly got the start at left guard. I was happy to see that because I do think he brings uh, more versatility, more, more nasty, especially in a game like this where this Jacksonville defense was being ridiculous out there, and we'll talk about that coming up. But I, I also know that he, he did draw a penalty late. Uh, I think he was off size. You know, there, there were a couple of hiccups, and quite frankly, they allowed too much contact on Pat Mahomes. They have to get better at that, and that's because we saw, or you all felt the panic when Pat Mahomes' ankle got rolled up of what this season would look like without him. And despite, like Chris said, playing – well, it wasn't good enough, in my opinion. Well, and that's fair. I guess I'm just looking at it. First game of the year against a team like Jacksonville with as much attitude and with as much swagger as that defense has. And honestly, Kansas City got a little bit lucky because Marshall Darius was not able to play, and that's a big name to be losing on a Jacksonville defensive line that's going to be good without him. So, you know, you start looking at that aspect of it, yeah, you don't want to see Mahomes get hit as much as he does. But I will say this about Mahomes. By him extending plays, he also puts himself in more risk to get hit. So it's a double-edged sword in that regard. It is. It is. I think everybody is going to have a, a bit of a come to Jesus here this week from the coaching staff that this is pushing us too far. Uh It's great to come out and start basically where he left off. It looked like a, a pretty well-oiled machine, but some of those chances – can hurt you down the line, and this is – they are geared towards a 19-game season this year, folks. You have to consider that, and I'm, I'm sure that's the message that Andy Reid will be conveying to them as well. Beyond well, – uh, I have to throw this out there because it is just being reported that Tyree Kill was taken to the hospital to be treated by the trauma unit at the local hospital for his shoulder injury. So that sounds a little bit more serious than we were hoping for. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I will say this. The hit on him – was clean. He got injured because of the fall, and and Ramsey did come down on top of him, but that was a clean play. The the crap that Ramsey did afterwards, kicking him and that kind of stuff, that should have been penalized. That was ridiculous, and that was just a, the tip of the iceberg. 
uh, AJ Bowie. Um, I mean, I, I can't Jack. definitely Miles Jack. I wasn't even going to say his name out loud because <laughs> it's kind of gross, but. But this team likes to play with an edge, and like Travis Kelsey said earlier in the week, that they like to bully teams. Well, the hit on Hill that where he got hurt was legit. It's the crap that happened after that was the problem. So uh, let's take that with a grain of salt. But unlike years past where a team that did want to bully them and the Chiefs might be caught a little bit flat-footed, this team seemed very well prepared for and able to buck up and, and knock somebody in the teeth right back. Absolutely, and you still saw wide receivers of all people getting after it in the end zone, uh, protecting each other. Demarcus Robinson protecting Sammy Watkins. Uh, Sammy Watkins getting after it with Miles Jack in that whole exchange that got Jack ejected. Uh, Robinson got hit in the face by Miles Jack in a, in a cross, which dumb play by Jack. And then him trying to get pulled out of the game, his team trying to get him out of the game was ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, He'll there's going to be fines, fines and fines. Well, and it's good that he got a huge extension because he's going to use half of it to pay for his fines. <laughs> and you have to wonder if he's even able to play in week two or week three with his con- with his uh, his actions after getting tossed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's just pretty ridiculous. It's it the immaturity shown by that team, the lack of professionalism, um, the entire Jacksonville fan base should be appalled. And I don't mind saying it. So come at me, Jags fans. Well, they they definitely should be appalled. And there is something that is positive for them. They have a QB in Gardner Minshew that looked good uh, from what I saw for the most part. Of course, most of us missed the uh, fourth quarter, so we'll have to go back and watch that on all 22. Thank you, CBS, and your truck with the fire. Uh, but, you know, you look at what Minshew was able to do against the Chiefs defense, and, we will get back to this a little bit later, but I do want to say this up front. It's very hard for any defense to go into any game the first game, mainly because you don't know what a new team, you don't know what the team that you're going to be playing is going to be doing. And when you prepare all week for one QB and it becomes another QB, that becomes another issue. There are several things that are stacked against this Chiefs defense from having a good game against Jacksonville. I'm not trying to make excuses. But anybody that thinks that they were going to go into this game and hold them to 10 points or less, you're asking a little much. This defense is going to be a work in progress. It's going to be much better in the second half of the season than it's going to be in the first. I agree. And we'll get into the defense here in the next segment. I want to finish up on the offense. And that's because one thing that I did feel was lacking, I thought Travis Kelsey played well, but he didn't look as quick as he has in years past. I think there's something going on that isn't he isn't quite as explosive as I expected today. And the guy that I wanted to step forward in the absence of Hill, I didn't see much out of Hardman. Uh, that, that one drop there, uh, on the screen, it, disappointing. I think he's going to have a much bigger chance next week to try to make an impact. Disappointing, but at the same time, encouraging. And the reason I say encouraging, because regardless of whether or not he dropped it, which you don't like, he was smart enough to say, okay, wait a second. I got to go get on that ball just in case. And, that shows maturity beyond his years, in my opinion, because if he doesn't do that and it's called a backward lateral, you turn over the ball and that's a bigger play. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I understand him not getting involved as much as you would want uh, is a little dis- disappointing, but I was very encouraged by that play because it shows that he has football awareness and that is something that's very big and that will help him going forward. Yeah, definitely. So, with that said, we, we are going to talk about the defense as soon as we're back here in a minute, and there's a lot of things to touch on. 
Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can improve your performance and have that extra confidence. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. With no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So the thing that stands out to me the most is some of the biggest plays in this game were made by guys that weren't on this defense last year. So that tells you just how far this defense has turned around. And like you said earlier, playing against a, a team week one when you're a brand new defense, a brand new crew, is is difficult to say the least. And the scheme itself, I thought, lent to overall uh, a better rush defense that set them up. I was concerned about Fournette going into this game. Clearly, uh, they weren't because they left Reggie Ragland uh, inactive. And we'll probably see something about that here, I'm guessing, in the next 48 hours. Yeah, it's pretty interesting that Ragland was inactive. What I will say, though, you start looking at what this means for this defense. They had all the cards stacked against them going into this game. They had five or six new players on defense that were playing for them. That's not going to help. They have almost no chemistry, not really any time to get it during the preseason because you're not playing enough. You're playing a brand-new scheme. Yes, all these players have played in a 4-3 before, but you have different assignments. Again, you have no chemistry with your players. You were going against a QB in Nick Foles who is in a new offense, and there's a new offensive coordinator, so you have no idea what they're going to be running. You have no idea what the – you have a small idea what their scheme is going to be, but not really what they're going to be running because it's the first season game. So good luck figuring out what they're going to do. And then you have – a guy in Gardner Minshew who comes in who is different than Nick Foles and is able to do different things than Nick Foles, who you didn't prepare for at all. This is not a good test for what Kansas City is going to be able to do on defense later in the season. Give them a couple of weeks. Let them get into the groove of things. And then you talk about Raglan not even playing. That's a big question mark, too, because Raglan was a starter in preseason. You thought he was going to be a big part of this defense, and he was inactive especially against a team that you know has a formidable back like Fournette, that told me from the beginning either they weren't concerned about Fournette in that that they had bolstered their defensive line enough that they felt their run defense was going to be good against him without Ragland, or they're holding Ragland back for something. Clearly, this team needs another corner. Uh, if anything was a weakness today, it was the cornerback play. And if you're trying to make a move, no one's going to trade for Reggie Ragland to give you a cornerback. But if you're dr- trading a draft pick and you need a sweetener, a guy that can come in and help you on first and second down, Reggie Ragland's a guy. I don't want to see him go. I'm a big fan of his. But that could be what, what the situation as it's developing. Yeah, certainly could be. And, you know, we kind of talked about in the preseason uh, and before the season started and before the preseason games even happened, really, in training camp, that we thought Ragland was going to be a question mark in this defense. Well, obviously – we were a little bit right on on that. It, preseason didn't show that. Training camp didn't show that. 
But when you get to a regular season game and he doesn't even play, uh, Hitchens moves to your middle linebacker. Darren Lee comes in as your uh, weak side linebacker. And Damian Wilson with the play of the day with that strip on uh, Leonard Fournette, who causes who caused him his first fumble in, in the NFL in three years. Yeah. I mean, and here's what it comes down to. Two guys I feel badly for are, are Raglan because I think he can play in this league, especially against a run-heavy team like this. And obviously Nick Foles. Two guys that I'm really pumped for is the fact that Damian Wilson has been undersold to this point. He's outplaying what we've been sold he is. And to make that play, along with Frank Clark and an interception that none of us got to see. Um, sorry, folks. Maybe on the All-22 I'll give it to you. but And, and Alex Okafor kind of dropped one. But, right, but Okafor made another play. Agba yes, looked quicker than I expected on that one where he actually got home. Um, you know, some of these things flashed that we're hoping are, are bits and pieces that come together in their entirety to make this defense formidable going forward. Yeah, and like I said, the bigger thing with this defense is just getting chemistry, getting time together, getting a chance to play together and getting to know where people are going to be on the field. Tyron Matthew got sucked up on a couple of uh, deep passes where he, I think, was supposed to be deep back and the corner looked like he got beat because he was expecting help over the top that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got to be taken care of, and I'm sure it will be. But, again, that goes back to recognition. It goes back to where you knowing where you're supposed to be. And, you know, Matthew didn't have a great game, but I don't think he looked horrible either. I, I think he was out of position a couple of times, but that's going to happen in an NFL game. I, I I completely agree, and I don't know if, again if it was if it was mistakes. Matthew already tweeted out, uh, and you can see it on my timeline if you guys want at Locked On Chiefs. Uh, it'll be retweeted there. Uh, he said, "Great first win, but need to tighten a few things up," and that's that's for certain. The guy that I thought played pretty well uh, could have helped on that long touchdown to Chark. Um, that and everyone I, I've seen a hundred people tweeted me that Fuller did a great job. Well, Fuller did okay. Fuller did the old veteran move where he hooked him underneath the shoulder pad, underneath the armpit, and basically held him halfway down the field without the, the ref throwing the flag. He he was beaten, so let's not give him too much credit. He did recover. He was in position to make a swipe at the ball, and he just couldn't get it done. That's a tall order. I give you that. It looked like Thornhill could have gotten over, but like you said, it wasn't necessarily his responsibility. I'm going to check that play in particular on the All-22. But I thought overall on the day, I thought Thornhill came up when he needed to. I thought he was in position deep. He made a couple of good open field tackles. I was really happy with what Juan Thornhill did. Yeah, Juan Thornhill looks like he's going to be a good player. He got his first NFL start. Uh, and based on the program, wasn't supposed to start, but did. You know, what this is going to mean for the defense going forward, having Thornhill and his ability to read and his speed in the back end of the defense as opposed to a guy like Sorensen is going to be a big boom for this team long term. Oh, I completely agree, and I think that's just a glimpse. Uh, he is going to be a guy that's going to make plays on the ball, and I think, you know, shaking this one off, especially with a slinger like Minshew who is is different from Foles, and, and I'm happy for Minshew too, a, a guy that was all air raid in college, played at Wazoo, uh, was completely written off. Uh, he does have kind of a sick mustache, so that kind of makes you want to crack jokes at him a little bit, but I'm happy for him. Really happy for Chris Conley, folks. We got to see the Chris Conley that he could have been in Kansas City but didn't get the opportunity to be. So I'm happy for him. We didn't see the touchdown, at least I didn't because of the, the uh, broadcast. But he got in the end zone, had a career day. Uh, this is what uh, we've been wait- we had been waiting for Chris Conley to do. 
Yeah, and you would hope that he would be able to do stuff like that, and I think that he will be better for Jacksonville down the road as well. I think that he is going to show that he has the ability to be used in an offense, and that's great for them. They're going to need they're going to need him down the stretch. The question obviously is going to be with Foles out for a while. Is Minshew going to be a guy that can really step forward and do anything for them? It really stinks for Jacksonville because you have a guy where you went out and spent all that money to get Nick Foles. In the first game, he goes out with an injury, and he's out for at least six weeks. Yeah, that's a tough one. But I will tell you this. In my estimation, um, and mine's just as good as anybody else's in Jacksonville, uh, Minshew's your starter. I, he earned it. What was he, 16 for 16 at one point? There's no reason. You have found somebody there that can do what you need done. He has weapons in Westbrook, Shark, and Conley. Uh, I like that he used them all. Um, so I, I was encouraged by what they saw from him, and, and I'm hopeful for him, for him going forward. I might even grab him in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it's possible that he'll be a good pickup uh, in fantasy down the stretch. You know, you look at what this means for this Chiefs team. They're going to be heading into the first, uh, wild, sorry, the first divisional game this week for them against the Oakland Raiders, who are a mess in and of their own rights uh, with the Antonio Brown situation, who is now a New England Patriot. Uh, that's not going to be fun to watch down the stretch for them. But Kansas City is 1-0, and they scored 40 points against one of the best defenses in the NFL last year. Yeah. And, this and the is, game really wasn't that close. Right, right. This is going to be an interesting week. We're going to have more for you as we get uh, more information about the hospitalization of Tyreek Hill, uh, which is all we know at this point. Uh, there should be more information once the team's back in Kansas City. I'm guessing that he will be as well. Uh, from what I understand at, at first look, uh, it is precautionary in, in evaluating the sternoclavicular joint. That's where your collarbone comes into your sternum right down the middle of your chest. Uh, and sometimes that can cause problems. You know, it can penetrate inside the, the lung cavity. There are issues to be explored there. So it looks like they're being cautious. Um, but I think he will be back in Kansas City fairly soon. And we should have a big update from that probably by Tuesday from Coach Reed. Yeah, and obviously with a player like Tyreek Hill, you want to be more cautious than anything else that you can do. Uh, he is going to be a big part of this offense moving forward. But the very encouraging thing is is they hung 40 points on the Jaguars without Tyreek Hill for most of the game. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it wasn't even – I mean, this offense could have gone off for more. And I will say this, that game plan changed a lot. And the score changed a lot. Once Mahomes went down with an injury – because he was not able to be himself. So I expect that he's going to be hobbled for the next couple of weeks with his ankle injury, so it's not going to look like he will when he can get completely over it. Absolutely. I mean, just if he had hit that one pass, it's a 44 points. Clearly they would, they could have thrown 50. And, and I will say one thing, uh, despite the injury, I felt like they, they kept the intensity. I didn't think that they backed off too badly. Again, I didn't see the last six minutes because of the broadcast, just like everyone else. But uh, that's a good sign for the future because this team has to develop that killer instinct like the Patriots, like the Steelers, and bury teams deep down when they have that opportunity. Oh, and CBS, if you uh, have an issue like this again, don't be telling us that you're going to a game that's more competitive, especially when you're going to a Browns game that was they were down by 20 in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Just a suggestion. Absolutely. Folks, that's what we have today. We are post-game here. We'll have more for you coming up on Tuesday. Uh, we'll have our normal guests. We'll hear from Matt Derrick, and we'll get you the inside information as fast as we can. Thank you for all that you've been doing for us. I'll be live on RGR on Monday night, and Chris will have his work up at Chiefs Digest along with Matt Derrick's.
Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube. Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.